Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Eagle Pick Pod. Eagle Pickers, welcome back. Coming off of UFC 282, we're taping a week in advance. We have UFC Vegas 66, the last UFC card of 2022. We're back in the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. 6 p.m. Central Time main card. Yeah, I mean, I I led with it, but the last event in 2022, then we had a month break. Wow. Sad. Yeah, I'm I'm we've already touched on this in one of the episodes, but I cannot emphasize how not prepared I am for this month long break. Also, I want to give a shout out. I'm pulling up the tapology for the first time. This fight poster is fucking awesome. I'm gonna need to touch grass. Kobe, you think I'm gonna need to touch grass in that month period? I hope not. You gotta do what you gotta do, bud. Um, Dan coming off the most recent set the spread win brings it within three for 2022. Won't help him enough. 22 to 19 Reese so far this year, with again this being the last one of the year. I picked and chose my five favorite for this one. So you guys are finding out live which ones we're going through. Um, did we mention did we mention the uh 10 Malord shots Dan has to do for losing this season? Actually, I heard it was 15. And that Shout number out. keeps like exponentially rising. Shout out Jefferson's Malort. They keep hooking us up with bottles. We gotta keep making we gotta keep using them. 20 shots, I heard is for out oh, 25. Someone in the back said 25 over there. I'll do double the amount you do. How about that? You, <laughs> you control the amount that I take, but you got you got to ante up on your side. All right. For everyone hearing that, tune in for the uh, Ankle Pick Award show. Maybe we go live and have a good time. Um, anyways, like I said, I'm, I picked five that I like here, and we're going to roll with it. So first fight that we'll roll through, roll through for set the spread, Danny will kick it off with a flyweight bout, Manel Cape and David Dvorak. <laughs> That's a fun matchup. That is. Um, Manel Cape has been a guy. guy that, yeah, no, Kobe, I, I like it. Yeah, shout I out like Kobe it. for – you've really upgraded yourself. I and mean, think about – you just said Manel, Cap, Manel Cape, David Dvorak, and you know exactly what you're talking about. Not the average Joe can do that. Shout out. I'm going to start crying, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Manel's been a guy that, uh, that, that we've ride kind of – that we've tried to ride from his um, initial entrance into the UFC started out a little bit shaky. He was a little bit hesitant, gun shy in there, but showed really all the tools of the fighter that we had seen on the regional scene. Um, I do think that as a fighter, he's more complete and um, just has a lot more steam on him than a guy like Borak. So I, I think that Manel is going to be a favorite here. They both share a loss to Matus Nicolau. Um, one of the they were completely different fights. One of them was a walk in the park for Matus over Dvorak and, and Manel. Like I said, was a, a little bit of an interesting matchup where um, Manel was really just hesitant to throw, and it could have been a different fight if, if maybe he had a little bit different, or if he had a little bit more urgency. Um, 
I've got this one with Manel minus 185. And it's one mm. of those that we talk about that's right on the edge of 200. And maybe a Reese will, Reese will be brave enough to go over. Um, but I keep mentioning it. Manel's one of those guys that he had four fights in the UFC. Half of them have been who knows what. And then since then, he's looked like himself, uh, which is as dangerous as they come. But uh, you just don't know, really know what to expect versus a guy with the experience and, and the skill level on the other side of David Gore. Yeah, I'm scared to go over you. Um, I have no intention on doing that. David Dvorak, very talented. The loss to Nikolau this week should show you this last or two weeks ago should show you that it's no, not a big deal. You know what I mean? That uh, Nikolau is gunning for a title soon. Could learn the experience. Manel Cape though. I think a lot of people expect this guy to hold gold at some point in his career. And he's shown you in bits, the super rare power that he possesses for 125. Ode Osborne, Zalga The issue you have and that you've seen happen is the inability to keep his gas tank going. Um, Ran out of gas, gas against Pantoja, ran out, ran out of gas against Nikolau. I think when you look at a pure skill set, speed, power, striking aspect, got to lean Manel. And all respects to David, but I I really think Manel is going to be sizable here. But I'm going to settle into where I always settle in, minus 160, Manel Kate. You love that number. I do. It's been kind. 225 Cape open, wow. two, 215 Cape today. And that's actually not a whole lot of movement. That opened up just this weekend. Still a big old number. A lot of love. But you can already see it coming down. And it, it, I don't think it'll hit 160. But it might hit that 85 marker, Dan. That's wow. Now, really quickly before we move on, I don't know about you, Dan, but I don't feel comfortable laying either side there. No, I don't. I, I won't be touching that. Like I said, Manel is... You get one side, you get one Manel, you get the other Manel, it's not no good. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about Nikolau, both sides of that. I had him circled as somebody dark horse to hold gold. I know that we're going to get to the futures part podcast some point this later this month, probably. That's one that I'm circling really quickly, too. Dan mentioned this is the first time he looked at this on Tapology and. The poster's sick. I second that. But it was also the first time I've seen the card in full. Very, very sick card. Disgusting, mm-hmm. honestly, for a fight night. The Jake Matthews, Matt Semselberger, I'm excited for. Um, uh, Fokker Dinov's on here. Your girl, Mary Vlismas, right around the holiday season. Love to see that. Coming off of a huge, huge win for uh, Roman Delize. Yep. <laughs> Saeed you from know Amir Al-Bazi and that co-main event to in my opinion is a pay-per-view worthy co-main event Armin Sruki and Demir Zmogulov so sorry to go off but holy shit are we in I mean the month is going to be hard to recover but we got some two good cards coming well you mentioned one that we're going to jump to next and Reese you're going to lead off for 
or bantamweight about Saeed Nurmagomedov and Saeed Duko mm. Kakramanov. Yeah, Kakramanov, very talented. You saw his ability to get finishes in a guy like Trevin Jones. And I'm someone who actually is a pretty – I'm actually a bigger fan of Ronnie Lawrence than a lot of people are. I, I just like his fight style. Um, and he really showed it in some of his other fights. The Mana Martinez one is the one I think. But you have a totally different animal here if you're Kakramanov. I mean, you're talking about a guy in the Nurmagomedov family, a guy that – their family record is 106 and five and three of those are Abubakar. So you're talking about a legitimate, serious title aspiration, well-rounded, can obviously wrestle, has insane stand-up. Uh, the, I remember one spin kick. I can't remember who was against. I want to say Stamen um, that led him to, to keel over. I think this is going to be a pretty sizable line. I don't want to take away from Kakramanov. I really do like him as a as a prospect and as a fighter, but this is just a big, 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 scary step up. One other thing I want to mention that needs to be added. There is a Nurmagomedov that has fought Kakramanov. Umar did in PFL. And so I think that that helps Saeed, much more than it helps Kakramanov. Because although Umar and him are stylistically similar, Umar can tell him exactly. He, he can humanize this man. He can tell him exactly what he's good at, exactly what he's not good at, what he what the fight style is like. He might even be able to be a sparring partner and simulate it a little bit. And so um, for that reason, I think Saeed's going to be in the 200s. I hope that doesn't sound blasphemous. I'm going to go Saeed minus 215. Me. Uh-oh. It worries me because I'm I'm – not quite on that same page. Ooh, um, I might be embarrassed. This and, might be. An no, I think moment. I could be embarrassed here. I'm. I think I'm not putting enough value on Saeed's wrestling. He to mm. me seems like the most one-dimensional Nurmagomedov. If that, but you know it's can, there. If that sentence can even be uttered. Um, but I know you know it's there. But you look. I, hesitate to say it and this is where i think i'm going to be this is like clip that chat waiting to happen i think that the better grappler overall and the better wrestler is saeed Yacoub on this in this matchup kop Romanov is going to be the one that's a lot more comfortable initiating that grappling and like you said saeed's very dangerous on the feet um but i mean even a guy like hyoni barcelos grapple fucked him there's a path to victory here it's been done before I was going to have it closer to even if not. I was thinking about Kakramanov as a favorite. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking like a minus 125. He might, he might be, but I just don't get how anyone with uh, the last name Nurmagomedov finds themselves in, as an underdog. Yeah, ultimately, That's I'm all. not going to do it. Uh, last episode, you complimented my ability to gauge the public. You're right. I can't have Saeed as, as, a, as a dog here. So I'm going to go Nurmagomedov minus 125. Just flipped the line that I came in with, but um, no. I want Saeed, I want Kakramanov to be a favorite here, and I'll feel so vindicated. Dan, if you hadn't flipped, you'd be equally far away from where it's at minus 110 both ways. Oh, oh, okay, I love it. Holy, and shit. 
Saeed Yukov, Kakramanov, minus 115 was open. That was just this weekend again. Okay. I haven't moved it yet, but it has come towards Kakramanov. So public name value, I'm guessing, is exactly what you guys are talking about. Can I have one second to defend myself quickly? You can have your world, we're living in it. I, I want to take this second quickly. I am shocked by this line mainly because I don't know the last time we've seen a Nurmagomedov or even anyone in that vicinity as even money or underdog. Even a Bubakar finds himself minus 170, 180 all the time. Now, I love Kakramanov, and he definitely has I, – I complimented him on his ability to finish with Trevin Jones and his and, and Ronnie Lawrence, but – um. I, I would be shocked if this closes in that spot. Truly shocked because I think that the Nurmagomedov last name has to count for something here. Um, but holy shit, Dan, hats off. I did not see a minus in Kakramanov's name. I do not look like the uh, the current throne holder, that's for sure. Whew. I'm feeling good. Yeah, geez, you're zoning in on these spots. I, I, I took the wrong battle. Uh, third fight for us, set the spread, lightweight bout, Drew Dober and Bobby Green, Dan. Just another banger. Uh, Bobby Green is, I mean, it's hard to say like, oh, the fan favorite of this year because the guy been around for forever and has always done the same thing. He's always fought with the Bobby Green fight style, um, which has made for some really fun fights, but as, as a better has never been the most confident lay um dober reminds me a lot of bobby green in in a sense that he's out less so to climb the ladder and more so hunt 50 50 000 checks hunt fight of the nights get some big finishes um really have some fun which is a fighter i can respect but same kind of stuff i said about bobby green he's not a guy i get super excited to bet on um or that i'm super confident to lay that being said he, he's a lot younger version um, even though I'm, even though I'm only seeing a two year age difference in my head, it's a lot different in MMA years. And we talk about the accumulation of damage a lot. Um, and so I think that Dober is just going to be quicker to the punch, more accurate. Um, and it should be a stand up battle, but for that reason, he'll be the favorite and I'm going to go a similar situation. I'm not sure I'm comfortable putting a two in front of it. I'm going minus minus one eighty five. I'm I'm gonna be I'm under you, Dan. Uh, you're 185 Dober, right? Yep. Yeah, I had this 160, and I know this is starting to make me think I might have like some sort of mild autism that I'm obsessed with the number 160. But it to me, I've been a really good read of Bobby Green. I will say that because I um was on him against Nasrat, which obviously was in my favor. And I found myself being a Nasrat guy. If you throw back Dan Hooker, Nasrat, we had a little spat there. And I also had him, my, uh, I had him against uh, Fazeev as well. And I caught some flack for that, but it was a lot closer to a fight than I think people remember. And it's the style that Bobby Green brings to the table where very good head movement. I mean, he leaves his hands and his hips almost the entire time. And he relies solely on head movement and um, staying at range and using that jab. Because 
what a lot of people don't realize is when you keep your hands at your hip, it's out of people's line of sight. And so it kind of just comes out of nowhere and just pop, pop right in the face. You know, you don't really see it coming. Um, I, I, I also wonder if Dober is going to take the fight similarly to a Kevin Holland style um, that we saw a couple of weeks ago where I'm, he had the opportunity to, to grapple Wonder Boy and stood up to the feet to be a fan favorite. I don't know if Drew Dober is totally like, I could see Drew Dober d- doing something like that, wanting to stand and bang with Bobby Green, um, having an electric stand-up fight. I mean, he just loves to fight. He loves to fight. Drew Dober loves to scrap, always has a smile on his face. Um, but when you look at the durability, Terrence McKinney fight, you look at the power, the Rafael Alves fight, he's got to be the favorite here. I think he's not only, like you said, more youthful, but trains at elevation, has good cardio, has good durability, has good power. My guess is 29-28 unanimous decision. Bobby Green's head movement works. I don't think Dober gets the finish. I think this goes all all three rounds, but Dober just is going to be a little bit better that night. 160 for Dober. Come on, give it to me, Kobe. I need this. I 165 Dober. Come on. Let's go. And where did it open? Come on. 165. No movement yet. Let's go. Poha. Just looking through Dober's record. Shout out Bellator for doing Bellator things. They uh the only time that they had Dober fight in Bellator was when he was one and two. Yep. They brought him in for Nick Nolte, and obviously Dober was like, fuck that. Yeah, I mean finish in the first round. Yeah. The other thing is Dober's such a gamer. Um, not only has he been in the UFC for like a really long time, like I don't think people really realize how long he's been in the UFC for, but he's fought a lot of like tough motherfuckers. And he's always, I mean, Benel Dariush comes to mind, Islam Makachev, like not a lot of people want to sign that dotted line for an Islam Makachev fight. Terrence McKinney. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that I, I would love to challenge. Even Brad someone. Riddell when he took that fight, it was a different Brad Riddell that was looking mighty, mighty dangerous. Yeah. Brad Riddell, very, and, and Bobby Green's also game. So, and Bobby, I, I, this is going to be a really good fight. I'm excited for both these guys. I'm a big fan of both these guys. While we're touting fighters history, how about shout out to Bobby Green for knocking out James Krause? Yeah. Uh, your birthday gift's on the way, by the way. Um, <laughs> also, I Brandon Moreno seems to think that James Krause is innocent. So I will feel bad if all of a sudden this investigation comes out and it's a, it's a fuff piece. But uh, I know it's supposed to be innocent and proven guilty in this country, but fuck you, James Krause. I don't want to go off on a tangent about any, and get stuck in the weeds of this, but you can, like, innocent, it's not just like a black and white line in this case, because he obviously knows more than the general betting public. There's no yeah. way he doesn't know more than us. I know. It's just he more the way, it's just the more the way that everything went down. I'm, I'm pissed because it's a direct slap in Danny and I's face, because Danny and I watch hours upon hours of film to try to get a slight edge and a slight read on two men going into hand-to-hand combat. So for James Krause to know insider information, potentially. If it comes out that Krause is somehow a leak of the Minner Nordambika fight in particular, that's a problem. I agree. If UFC is going to take the stand of fighters can bet on their fights, coaches can bet on their fights, and he didn't specifically leak information and bet against his own guy because he knew something. Yeah. Then it's within, then he's whatever Brandon Moreno might consider him innocent. 
One last thing quickly, because I know this is not what we're supposed to be talking about right now, but he did post in his 1% uh, Discord that he will be betting Sheila Nervi and Beaky. So for anyone who subscribes to the 1% Discord, you got a notification that day to fade Derek Minner. So that's why that's why I'm so heated, and that's why I'm – but he did slide into Laura Sanko's DM, so I got to give him a little bit for that. And with that, we have a lightweight bout. Co-main, this one, Reese has already mentioned off the top, could be on a pay-per-view card. Insane. I can't wait for this one. Insane. Armand Sarukian and Demir Ismagulov. Um, Reese's turn to lead it off. So I'm so excited to lead this one off because – I'm happy you are too. My favorite fighter on the UFC roster outside of Gilbert Poha Burns and maybe like one or two other guys, Marab Devalshvili, who's a walking meme, uh, it's Armin Sarukian. I, I would bet. Joel Alvarez. I would bet my. I would bet. I was the only one on that. Joel Alvarez is going to get murdered. You scared yourself. I did. Here's the thing. Totally did. I would give away. I would take. I would drink a whole bottle of the Lord if, if at one point in his career Armin Sarukian didn't hold gold. If he gave. If he went to, fought till he was 35 and gave it his all. He when he lost to Mateus Gamra, I've never seen a fighter react like that before. He hates losing; it kills him to his core. He's the only guy that I've seen uh, seen put a legitimate wrestling fight up against Islam Makachev. I also have watched the Mateus Gamra uh, fight three times. I know it was unanimous. I still scored it for Armin. I know it was unanimous. I'm not taking anything away from that it's loss. An awesome fight. An awesome fight. One of the best. Yeah, it's it's always worth rewatching. But so I I don't want to I don't want to keep deriding uh, Armin. But on the other side, you have a guy Demiris Magulov, who I don't think people realize or talk about him enough. Um, the Guram Gatatsalatse fight, great fight, split decision. And he's also beaten Yoel Alvarez. He's also beaten Tiago Moises, Rafael Alves. I mean, I Demir is legit. He's very legit. The thing is, Demir is much more of a striker. And you might not realize that because he does do a lot of professional grappling bouts. But when you looked, at, when you watched him fight, a great example is Yoel Alvarez, who's very dangerous off his back. He won a majority of that standing. Staying at range with his jab. He's very long for lightweight. Great. 5'10", 74-inch reach. I mean, it's good stuff there. My prediction, Armin Srukin takes him to the ground, grinds him out, beats him up, and that's that's it in Islam fashion. Don't think he subs him. Just thinks he kind of grinds him out to unanimous decision. And I think a lot of people share that take. And that's why I have Armin Srukin minus a whopping. 190. I think come fight time, Dan, it actually is going to close over 200. I really genuinely believe that. And I feel bad saying that because I really do like Demir. I swear, this is not a Demir hate campaign. I love Demir, but this is just a different level of competitor. It's a different level of monster. And I don't think Demir's Mugulov is prepared. Where do you line? And for this exercise, ignore the Darius Gamrot fight. Where do you line Gamrot, Demiris Magulov, in hypothetically? I would do Gamrot minus one sixty. So for that reason, I have to go above you. We had Armin going into that 
Matus as almost a 300 favorite. Mm. But 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 that fight did happen. I've learned so much from that. I mean, what I learned from the Matus guy. I don't like game, it. What I've learned. I don't from see Matus- this line having a two in front of it. I don't. You think it's less? No, like just my logic that I just laid out for you showed why it shouldn't be. But my head, I came in with less. Well, all I'm going to say is you have to remember that the Gamrod fight did happen. And so that impacted my line on Sarukian because he's no longer indestructible because I've watched him lose. Um, I just don't get how, because Mateus is a significantly better Minus 200. than Demir. Minus 200. So you're going slightly over. I'm, go, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the two. Respect. I'll take, I'll be the brave one tonight. Brave isn't going to get you a win on this one. Oh, wow. 165. Oh, I thought you said he's going to get you a win. 162. Where did it open? Which way is it going? It opened 210. That was about two weeks ago, end of November. Okay. For all the listeners who's getting this early, I am placing one unit on Armin Sarukian. Even with the steam his way. Yep, I don't think it gets much farther. I'd be shocked if it does. 160 is way better than I ever thought I would get. I thought Dan took the point. I'm happy sprinkling I early. I thought I took the point even after Kobe said it. Kobe, you yeah. got to upgrade that microphone. I am I am sprinkling one unit on Armin Sarukian as this goes live. Right after this ends, I'm getting to my DraftKings and I'm putting one unit Armin Sarukian. I'll knot it up. Last card of 2022. One more down. thing. You, after this performance, you will never, you will not for a long time have one in front of Armin's name again. That's all. Now I'm done. As I was saying. Sorry. Last, last fight of 2022. We have a middleweight bout, Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. And Dan will leave this one off. Cannonier and Strickland fighting for to wait in line at this point what is the what is the path at middleweight to get into that title shot I, I, it's to me seems like we're knotted up for another fucking moreno figueredo situation where they just fight izzy and alex Pereira five six seven times but and anyways we've got a fight here at middleweight um stylistically should be a fun one two exciting strikers um Obviously not on the same level of the strikers that run the division, but they'll fight for five rounds here. I, I I really struggle to get excited for this as a main event. I'm not sure that you guys can hear it in my voice or not, but I really, really am struggling. Um, I'm going to go with Sean Strickland as a – gosh, this is tough. I'm going to go with Sean Strickland as a slight favorite. Um. I think that people are going to remember he was close to even against Pereira, even though I don't know exactly how that line should have been because it would have been a different fight if Sean Strickland had an actual game plan and didn't have that Kevin Holland fight IQ. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm going him slight favorite, I guess. Give me 125. Mm. This fight sucks. I'm going to be honest. The more I think about it, the more this fight sucks. Okay, so Dan is with me in the fact that the co-main should be the main, but I definitely don't hate this fight as much as Dan hates this fight. And the reason why is because, yes, this is to wait in line. Yes, Strickland already got smoked by the champ. 
Yes, Jared Cannonier struggled with Whitaker mightily, struggled with Adesanya mightily. I, I get all that. Struggled with Brunson. You're still gonna get he finished Brunson with those. You're still gonna get yeah, but he, he almost got hurt ah! in that first round. Silence. I will not hear the Cannonier slander. Here's the thing. You're still going to get a high-level fight here. Sean Strickland is a maniac. He's hilarious. The sound bites alone are going to be worth this weight in gold. Cannoneer is a guy who is always game to scrap, very powerful. I think you see a finish here, and I think you see a very good fight, and I think that it's going to be a competitive fight. Although it doesn't do anything for the middleweight rankings because they're such a line, I do think it's going to be entertaining nonetheless. I think Cannoneer is going to be the favorite. I think it's going to be slight, um, very slight. Sean, to me, just looked really flat and bad against Pereira. And I think that he also didn't look great against Hermanson. Cannoneer, to me, should bring it on the feet. Um, but it's very slight. I, I think, honestly, the more I'm talking, the more I think Strickland might be the favorite. I just wouldn't want to bet it. I'm flip-flopping. I'm going Strickland minus 130. But I wouldn't bet either side. But I do think Strickland's probably going to be the favorite. But I, I, I appreciate you for going over me. It feels like it's going to be my point with you flip-flopping there and then going over. I know. I just couldn't do your exact same line. I don't so Dan, Dan's on Strickland 125 and Reese is on Strickland 130? Yeah. 125 Strickland. I had no oh, shot. Hot. I had no shot. Oh, that's how you end the year, and that's worth five points and the victory. And nah, cap. And cat. 25 Malort shots. Cap. For Dan. For the lost. ding, ding, ding. One I'll always remember because here's what's happening. A ding, here's, ding, ding to win the title. Here's what's actually happening. I'm a two-time champ. I'm the double champ, and I do whatever the fuck I want. But we're going to have an award show between this month-long gap. And Dan said – in verbiage on the set the spread, this one or the last one, that he will go take to be two for one for me for every Malord shot. I'm ready to do it. Bring your bottle for the award show, baby. Shout out Jepson's Malord. Let's go. Poha. The good news is at maximum, I have to take like four. The, the other thing, too, <laughs> the other thing, too, is a quick message from the true champ. You know, you work hard day in and day out, and the fact that this Podcast has been going on for over two years. Set the spread's been going on for two years. The support's been going on for two years. I just can't be gracious enough. So thank you to everyone who listens, to Dan and I. Set some fucking spreads. I hope you make some money on the on the edges that you get when Dan and I are befuddled by a bad line. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Dan, close us up with a poha. We'll, we'll get back. Dan gets a poha for his victory, but I get the ultimate poha because season's over and I did rain. All right, you can both have a poha. Uh, we both get pohas. So, Dan, you can have your victory poha, but I, I get the full belly poha. We'll be back. You don't want to like harmonize? Come on, Reese. Want to harmonize? All right, all right. All right, wait, what were you we'll saying? Be back quick? later this week to break down the card in depth. Full Sweet. card preview and recap from UFC 262. Until then. Whatever you guys agree to. Count us down. Go three, two, one. Right after he says one, Dan, harmonized, synchronized for a double victory. Three, two, one. Oh, ha! Ah. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.